You're listening to The G-Factor with Lauren and Tony, a weekly microcast offering a variety of unique ways to market your business or organization. Now, without further ado, here are the hosts of G-Factor, Lauren Doherty and Tony Van. Lauren, have you, have you, I'm sure in the many years you've been around, you've gone out for a picnic, right? I mean, you've gone amongst the trees, correct? Sure. <laughs> and when you go out, especially as a small, you know, like a wee little lass, if you will, you know, you'd, you'd roam the countrysides there in Canadian County and, and you'd be looking for something, you know, a little different. And we're all looking for like, clovers but they're not three leaf clovers what are we looking for lauren we're looking for the what Four, the magic four the magic four leaf clover and the reason why we're doing that is because it's a little different than the rest it's got a little something extra right yes that leads us to today's topic on defining your marketing differentiators as a business. So today, Lauren, hopefully by the end, we're going to have our four-leaf clover and maybe even find a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Maybe we should save this for March. Those were really good, like St. Patrick's Day tie-ins right there. True, but I'm sure I can probably come up with yet another tilly of of fantastic leprechaunic (laughs) expressions for next month. (laughs) Okay, I'm holding you to that. So, but yes, today we will be talking about market differentiators. And I think like what you said, you know, everyone is looking for something unique to do or buy or an experience that they, you know, their friends and family have never done. And even if it's just for, you know, a curated social media post, you know, they want something, everyone wants something unique. So if you're a business owner or a um, destination even, Finding out how you are different from um, your competition is super important. And then playing that factor up um, is what can be appealing and set you apart from others. So let's try to give a few tips today on how to go about finding that differentiator. Great. Do you want me to go first or would you like to do it today? Yeah, I will hit with a couple. Go. So I think first and foremost, um, what is important to start doing is make a list of your competitors or like-minded businesses and um, literally like making a chart that's easy, like whether it is like kind of a column and you literally go through and put X's next to what you do and what they do um, is a really easy way to get started. So make your list um, and then start just doing market research, comparing your strengths and weaknesses and or maybe services or type of experience and your offerings next to your competitors. And that's an easy way that's both visual and um, easy to understand and then dive into what you know, is crossed off in your column, but maybe not theirs, dive into those and figure out the specifics on those. And I think that's a really good place to start and then start making and creating messaging around those items. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Yes, that's fantastic. So, you know, always keep in mind, you're basically competing to achieve you know, your mission and it's right up against, you know, those people that are like-minded. So once you figure out what those differentiating factors are, it's basically about telling that story 
and owning those successes or owning those high points and figuring out how to then communicate that to your audience. So we'll talk about that here in a couple of minutes, but um, like kind of how to communicate those values or those differentiators, but um, go ahead and give a couple of your points to kind of on like the research side or, you know, how to figure this out first, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you kind of, tipped off what I would do, which is basically look at what you do and what your competitors do in your, you know, in your vertical and see, you know, kind of how you, you compare. The other thing that I think is uh, super critical is to be objective. Sometimes you guys both provide the same services uh-huh. or the same product, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you know, nailing it out knocking it out of the park. And so, uh, you know, this is probably the most difficult part of the process for me because I think, okay, well, you know, we, we both make shoes or we both, you know, ice cream or whatever that looks like, but you need to be honest and realize, okay, one, is that something that you do as well, if not better than your competitor, a B, what is the investment to get to that point and C, um, to your illusion, which we'll talk about is, are you conveying the message that, you know, you are providing that service at a higher level at a, at a better level. And so I think sometimes differentiating is not only understanding what you're doing versus what someone else is doing, but also what the, um, open spaces in the marketplace can be. For instance, if you go through this process and you realize, okay, I make ice cream, I make ice cream. Okay. But no one is making uh, ice cream crema donuts or something like that, right? No one is doing that in my marketplace. And I just saw that in Miami or wherever, you know, you took your last vacation. If you can come back and you realize that you can do that faster, better, cheaper, and explain the story to someone better, you know, to a potential consumer better than someone else, then that's that's an opportunity, and I think that's one of the things that um, you know a differentiator is not only the fact that you do something and they don't, but also that you're quicker to fill that blank or that vacuum uh, so that you can be a you know a first mover in that in that zone. That's that's one and two. The second part is just the research, like you mentioned, when you're looking for differentiators, don't be afraid to understand that different is not necessarily better. So for instance, if you're both making one product or there are several folks making one product, yours might be different, but that doesn't necessarily mean that yours is better. And so um, that's once again, a very difficult conversation to have with yourself or with your team uh, because, you know, you get to a point where you think, okay, well, we've been doing it for X number of years and it seems to be working, but the reality is you just haven't, and you haven't been exposed to someone that has been doing it very well. So, right. I think kind of going with that, another point in figuring this out is thinking about maybe what your customers are asking for, um, maybe what their pain points are, what you can fill a void with, or um, maybe something that you get a lot of questions about, Or on kind of the flip side, what are some things you might even get complaints about? Like you were saying, maybe an offering that is not so great or maybe not up to par. So either improve upon that or improve upon the customer experience first. Or maybe that's something that if your competitors are doing that really, really well, if you feel like you can't 
come up to that level, maybe that's something to do away with and add a new option in its place. So that's really important. So I'm glad that you brought that up um, kind of on this, you know, front end side, um, another way to figure out, you know, what you can do well, what you maybe can do better, um, what's valuable to your customer. So I think those are good points too. Um, I think so kind of on that storytelling side that I mentioned earlier, once you kind of figure out these differentiators, using those in your communications plan to stand out from the crowd, but how do you do that? So one way that I think is really great is through, um, you know, showing actual results or outcomes, but really testimonial. So whether those are internal from a storytelling standpoint of your team or external from your, you know, clients, customers, um, having some kind of proof to basically back up your claim that, you know, what you're doing is important or superior. Um, anything that can exude some sort of emotional response from either side, I think is a great way to do that. So do you think, I'm just going to kind of put you on the spot here. Do you think that um, kind of framing that you're superior is a great way to differentiate yourself? I mean, it, it's a positive movement, right? I mean, I'm kind of leading you here, but it's not necessarily yes. like, those people don't do it as well as we do. It's vice no, versa. It's like, not, here's why we do it better. Correct. Yeah. It's not a slam or a comparison by any means, but showcasing your quality or, you know, your differentiator in, in obviously a positive way, but no, I would never come out and be like, well, we do it better than so-and-so. So come here, you know, that's really slimy. So no, I think just having the receipts, having the proof is what I mean, you know, for that st storytelling aspect, because it's one thing, if you say you're great, it's another thing if a third party says that you're great. So yeah. that's how I would utilize that. Yeah. And I think that's very interesting because um, kind of in my arc, if you will, career-wise, you know, it used to be that you would say whatever that F-150 Fords are better than Chevy's because X, Y, and Z, like they would just say, you know, here's our competitor and this is why we're going head to head. And now it's really basically like, here's why we're better as a company. In other words, I'm getting to the point here. It's a, you're buying into a community that happens to provide a product, if that makes any yes. sense. And that, but you do, yeah. Oh, sorry. No. You do see that in automobile stuff frequently, but yeah. I would say, you know, the other side of that is like, look at Jeep campaigns. They are on that other side that you're kind of going toward, I think. Yeah, no. And I mean, Jeep, you know, we can always, that, I love that you pulled out Jeep. Jeep to me has always been different. I mean, I think that the reality is that um, inherently a Jeep product going back to AMC, you know, they literally said, look, we helped, you know, win the war, beat the Nazis. Right. You know, like this, this is a pretty tough, tough truck. And if I, if you look back at some of that history and I'm probably going to mess this up, but the reality is they were in a very interesting place because the, the original Jeep product, the Jeeper product was a very small, compact little bucket car. I mean, it was not anything like in today's standards of a, you know, mall crawler or wall crawler or something like that, right? It wasn't that vehicle, but what they worked on is the fact that, you know, these uh, men and women, the GIs came back and they had utilized them and they had basically floated those things across rivers and, you know, whatever, the Rhineland and blah, blah, blah. And so it was a nostalgic piece. They got, grabbed that community ever since 1948 or 49, right? And I think you're so right. I mean, I've, 
<clears throat> just saw, excuse me, I just saw, you know, an ad about the Ford trimmer, which is this new, you know, pickup truck, this electric pickup truck that Ford's bringing mm-hmm. up. But they talk about, they don't really talk about, you know, the, the vehicle. Yeah. It's got a whatever hybrid engine and blah, 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 or whatever. But what they talk about is that they're making it greener. They're providing, you know, uh, some sort of community benefit for each of their workers that are, you know, working on the vehicle, blah, blah, blah. And that's what I do love is the fact that these companies are getting back and, and by no means has corporate America ever been a responsible citizen. But I think that if you look at that through line from, you know, Henry Ford saying basically like, I want the people that make my car to be able to afford my car to be able to have that car. It's like, we kind of weave in and out through that. And then, you know, if you can kind of stay on that uh, mantra, if you will, you will differentiate yourself. Even, even if it takes 50 years, no one wants to do that, but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just repetition. It's messaging over and over and over again. Here's why, here's why, here's why. So, right. So it's, it's bringing together that kind of exclusivity and where your company is almost like, you know, a club or something like very important that I want to belong to, but in the sense of like a community feeling. So it's not like exclusive as in unattainable, it's exclusive as in, I want to be a part of that because it's welcoming and there's a greater, larger picture here, which I agree. I think, and I think those were fun examples that we just kind of pulled out, but, you know, you can really see those things, you know, like you said, from several years ago up into the present and kind of it's come full circle again. Yeah. So absolutely. I think that that's pretty cool, but yeah, that, um, that kind of wraps up whatever, you know, I have on this topic. Um, happy to answer any questions. If anyone has any, feel free to send us an email or hit us up on social media. Cause I, I do love this topic and I do feel like if you can kind of get through and break through to these items, that that can be a huge, um, turning point for a business, or even um, if you're looking for something to kind of give you a boost, just reforming your messaging, I think can be huge. So I'd love to talk about this more. Agreed. I'm with Lauren. Hit us up. And until next week, I'm Tony Van. And I'm Lauren Doherty. Thanks for listening to The G Factor. Thank you for listening to G Factor. For more episodes, additional information, and a way to connect with Lauren and Tony, visit theguildfactor.com.